Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler. Today, we're going to talk about cleanliness is next to impossible, which is season four, episode 15, aired January 11th, 1974. Who brought this episode to us? This is uh, by uh, the uh, Rothman and Gantz team. Lil Gantz, Mark Rothman, frequent uh, uh, writing, basically the head writers for this season. So, yeah, we're familiar with their work. We are already, we have gone through their work many times, yes. So we open on Oscar's room. He's wearing a 70s style blue shirt. I mean, it wasn't 70s style at the time. It was the style. And he's looking inside the New York City trash can we've seen before, which he uses for storage right, or laundry, something. He starts pulling stuff out of it until he finds a sports coat. And Felix, we see in the background looking on in a combination of what I would describe as disgust and exasperation. Oscar starts to put on the coat, but says to nobody, because he doesn't see Felix is there yet, it's too wrinkled, and he throws it on the floor. Oscar notices now, Oscar now notices Felix and says, hi. Oscar picks up another coat and says it doesn't match. I guess it doesn't match his shirt. Then Oscar snaps his finger and says, I remember. And he goes into his closet, pulls out a suitcase, empties it of a lot of laundry and says, there's my baby. There she is. Wait, do you see this one? And he puts on a jacket that came out of that bag, puts on with pride. And he shows it to Felix. The jacket has a boutonniere on it and a name tag. Felix shakes his head a and says, near, uh, well, don't meaning- what? But no, a boutonniere. I'm not. Is that what they call that? Is that not what that is? Oh, maybe it's not a boutonniere. I mean, a flowery thing in your buttonhole. I thought a flowery thing in your buttonhole is a boutonniere. Is it boutonniere I, bigger? I'm actually not familiar with that term, but I, I just, I, I defer to you. On that. Oh, I thought that's what it was. Maybe boutonniere is bigger, like a corsage for a prom. Well, it's the same idea. Yeah, it's a small, but it's small for a reason, which we'll find out. Um. Felix shakes his head and says, you are just one of those lucky guys. You can wear anything. <laughs> Very sarcastically, yes. And he's, <laughs> he looks at the name tag and he says, what does this say? And he reads the name tag. Aloha, Oscar Madison, New York Herald, who are you? Oscar says, the last time I wore this was the sport, to the sports writer convention in Hawaii. And he pulls out a beaten up lay from his jacket <laughs> Felix says that that convention was two years ago. Oscar says, well, I only wear it on special occasions. I'm taking Phyllis to the movies tonight. Felix says, what's so special about the movies? Oscar says, nothing. It's Phyllis that's special, remember? And while he's saying this, he's picking out, trying to pick out a tie. Uh, Felix says, all your girlfriends are special. Nina, the crane operator, was very special. You told me her specialty, which is a very revolved, revolved um, statement, isn't it? Now, <laughs> wait, what does that mean? I, even I took it to mean. Well, first of all, I didn't hear that last part in the while Which watching part? it. Which part? I, I, you're saying Felix says you told me her specialty. Yes. I only heard. Uh, okay, maybe that got garbled when I. No, you know why? Watching. The laughter of the, the audience, but the crane the, operator, which right. is not. I don't think that funny. It is. A, it's it's right. kind of a. It is a very unusual reference, but the audience laughs really hard at that, and that's so maybe. So I was just it. preoccupied with the joke being that he dated some butch hard hat <laughs> woman, uh, you know, who was just kind of uh, tough uh, and and low class, of course. The being for you know, is Felix what Felix is saying, like they're sarcastically. There was not anything special about Mina, the crane operator. Uh, but yeah, this new, this extra part of the line, uh, I, your interpretation is as good as mine. I, uh, that could be, that could be what you <laughs> well, first of all, you, did you read this in, on the uh, subtitles? 
Is that exactly what he says? Yes. I read him subtitles and I heard him say, I did have to go back once because A, I didn't remember that line and B, I didn't hear it the first okay. time because of you the know laughter. What? I, so I, I actually question this now because the whole line is he says Phyllis is special and Felix says all your girlfriends are special. Nina, the crane operator was very special. That's what you said about Nina, the crane operator. And you said, she right. It's like, I think it's special. I don't think it's specialty. Mm. That's going to be my guess. Uh, you told me her specialty. It's could he possibly have said, you all right. Told why don't me she was special? Why don't we play that? I don't have that. I didn't have that in the clip, but let's play that okay. right now. Here we go. Let the people decide. That was two years ago. Yeah, well, I only went on special occasion. I'm taking Phyllis to the movies tonight. What's so special about the movies? Nothing. It's Phyllis that's special, remember? Well, all your girlfriends are special. Nina, the crane operator, was very special. <laughs> you told me your specialty. Well, Hear that? Specialty. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> now what do you have to say? <laughs> well i mean it's tempting to interpret it as some kind of really dirty joke but, it is a dirty joke um, i think that was the point no but the, the it goes against the tone of what felix is saying was that she was a joke you know and like you want you don't date any women who have any special qualities. no i didn't interpret it. i interpret so, it as as she was okay. some sort of yeah. kooky person maybe even sexually and who had special physical skills be by being a crane up is something like that. Like yes. Jerry Seinfeld and the gymnast. Right. Um, We've talked <laughs> how this show sometimes pushes the boundary for this era and this yeah, type of oh, show totally. on that. So I totally. think that's happening here. I'm yeah. surprised the censors let, I, I wouldn't, let him get I wouldn't away with put it. That, yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, that's why we can't hear it. Well, but I, I wouldn't put it past them no. to make the joke at all. Just in this context, it seems a little strange but uh but it does what feed into what is coming up in this episode which is that um and in others I, I, sometimes like felix likes to you know talk about girls without like likes to get dish you know likes to get the dirt yeah likes to uh, we did that in the last episode when women and yeah, when the last right? episode when felix thought he was out late oh yeah who is she cookie, right, right. right yeah coming home late at night yeah right. who is she right all right. Well, so, uh, I, I kind of like it when Felix gets like that. Yeah. So enough time on this. The last line I was, so the, the clip we had actually lined up was about to come, but the last thing after Felix says, you told me your specialty, Oscar says, well, Felix is special. Phyllis is special, special. And that is where we get into our first, our second clip now, but our, our clip. Getting serious? Well, you know. Hey, you are going out tonight, I hope. Yeah, Miriam and I are going to our opera club. Good. Wait, wait, wait. Like a story in here. Oh, a little hat, isn't it? <laughs> what else have we got? Oh, a blower. <laughs> Noise maker. Boy, that must have been some convention. Wow. Yeah, cut it out. Here. Tell me, which tie goes better with this outfit? <laughs> You can wear one of mine. Oh, you promise you. not to eat with I won't, them. I won't. Thanks, Mick. This is most unusual for you, isn't it? What do you mean? You usually dress in the dark. You don't care what tie you wear. <laughs> uh, I am a little ledgy, I gotta admit it. Because of Phyllis? Yeah. Getting serious, well, huh? Uh, uh, you big galoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wedding bell? Oh, I don't know about that, yeah. but I kinda like Listen. <laughs> if you decide to propose tonight, yeah. make sure you speak up very clear. Why? Because you want to be heard over this shirt. <laughs> All right, so we have to explain some things there. Uh, when Oscar asks him which tie he's holding up, one of them is yellow and one of them is red with big white dots on it, which looks like a clown tie. They're hideous ties. <laughs> it even does for look the, like a clown tie. Even for the era. Uh, at yeah. the end... Felix, when he's laughing after saying the being heard over the tie, he puts his face face close to Oscar's flower boutonniere and it squirts milk in his face because it was a gag, <laughs> a yeah. gag uh, flower. Uh, which must be pretty disgusting in a two year old boutonniere. 
to but, have, so he still goes, have it's not water, right? As you said, it's a white liquid coming out. So he goes to conventions with a professional convention and squirts milk in people's faces. <laughs> well, as Felix says, boy, that must have been some convention. I mean, I guess people do that. Archie, you know, all the family had episodes yeah. about convention gags. Honeymooners had an episode sure, about convention sure. gags. I thought there was where used to be I don't know something Hi about, jinx. but in the honeymooners, it was a raccoon lodge, and all the family was a lodge. This is like a professional convention. Yeah, but they're sports writers, so oh, they're sports writers. Right. I mean, who knows how based in reality this is? But I, for some reason, you know, the writers think that what they're really making fun of is sort of some kind of convention hijinks. Um, and maybe he only does it to the people he knows at the convention. <laughs> right i don't think it was supplied as an official thing to give out to i don't know but you're hey how about another one of felix's oh boy lines right yeah just like like the bowling what a day yeah the bowling uh i also like uh you know well you know i i like felix's joke about the loud shirt but gee he should talk i mean I know, felix wears some of the loudest outfits on television yeah in fact that shirt because it's blue, it actually isn't that loud compared to right. what Felix wears. Right. So it is kind of a of a high um, what's the word hypocritical Hypocr- hypocritical yeah. joke. Yeah. So after the credits, Oscar walks into the apartment with a woman who we presume is Phyllis. She's wearing a burnt orange velour or suede pantsuit. Very seventies. Yep. Very seventies. There, this is a great fashion episode. They are laughing. She's played by Janice Lind, who's only had credits one year before this on Mannix and Medical Center. After Odd Couple, she did shows like Barnaby Jones, Quincy, Who's the Boss, Family Ties, Baywatch, Dear John, and a lot of daytime soaps, but really never got any particular sort of fame. Oscar says to her, it was a great movie. Phyllis, Phyllis says it was wonderful. And she asks, where is Felix? And he says he and Miriam are at the opera. Sit, sit, sit. Referring to the couch. And Phyllis says, Felix told me they were playing Wagner next week. And Oscar says, yeah, they'll stay up all night pasting horns on helmets. Oscar goes to the kitchen. He asks Phyllis if she wants a beer. She says, no, she is stuffed. And Phyllis says, you know, that was a cute restaurant. Oscar says, they know me there. That's why they gave me extra pickles. Phyllis points out, you got some extra pickles on your tie. While she's saying this, Oscar's opening a can of beer, which spurts on that tie as well. Oscar says, yeah, also some extra beer. I don't have to worry. It's Felix's tie. And they both laugh as the audience laughs, too. Oscar says, well, I had a good time tonight. Felix, Phyllis says, me too. Oscar says, we always have a good time together, don't we? And Phyllis says, sure, you're lots of fun to be with. Oscar says, you know, Phyllis, it's been a long time since I've been serious about anyone. I mean, let's see. I have been divorced eight years altogether. That makes 11 years I haven't been serious about someone. You know what I'm trying to say? Phyllis says, I think I do. Oscar says, well, how do you feel? And Phyllis says, Oscar, I like you. I think you're a serious guy. Oscar says, next word is but. Phyllis says, but I don't feel serious. Oscar says, some other guy, huh? Phyllis says, no, not at all. Oscar says, hey, is it something about me? Phyllis says, Oscar, I'd rather not talk about it. And Oscar says, no, go ahead, tell me. I can take it. What is it? And that leads into a scene. Now, I think Jack Klugman makes an error in this scene. Maybe it's very obvious to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. know. Okay. Listen to the scene. Listen if you hear a mistake he makes. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Go ahead. You're attractive. More, 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 You're yeah. sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm sloppy. Does that bother you? I mean, you never mentioned it before. Well, you never said anything about getting serious before. Well, what's the difference? It's just that certain things become more important if it's more than just dating. Like what things? Like tonight at the restaurant, the way you put mustard on your pastrami sandwich. Oh. Dipping your sandwich into the jar between the <laughs> I always do that. When you laughed, you thought it was so funny? Yes, it was funny, Oscar, but it's just that... I don't know. If I was serious, I might not think that was funny anymore. Yeah, I see. It's all right. I'm sorry, Oscar. No, don't be sorry. I was in a crazy mood. Who wants to get serious anyway? Hey, 
You want to take me home now? No, look, I'm not upset. I can take things like that. Sure. Honestly, sure. I think I better take you home. <laughs> I think we had enough laughs for one night. Hi, Jane. Hi, Felix. <laughs> Screams from the doorman. <laughs> Oscar, breakfast. Come on. Oscar? Ah, good morning. How was the date? How was the date? Something wrong? Something wrong. <laughs> uh oh. When I came in last night, there was a definite feeling of tension in the air. Was it my fault? Tell me the no, truth. Are you something no. wrong? The horns, they upset you? No, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> something about Phyllis, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Okay, we will. You do? Yeah. You want to talk about it? Yeah. That's not like you. You never want to talk about it. Yeah, but I want to talk about this. Hey, let's talk about it. Well, Phyllis thinks I'm a slob. She saw your room. No, just dinner. Oh, and your sloppiness is hurting your relationship. Yeah, you know she's coming into the Saturday night. I'm afraid I'll be uptight. I'll make mistakes and everything. That's why I want to discuss it with you. Let this be a lesson to you. That's it? That's how you discuss it? Let that be a lesson to you? What happened to sympathy? I feel sorry for you, Oscar. I feel bad for you, Oscar. She's wrong, Oscar. Right, Oscar. All right, from now on, we go back to I don't want to talk about it. Good, what's there to talk about? You're never going to change. Not if you live to be a million years, you'll never change. Yeah, that's where you're wrong. I am going to change. Phyllis is a great girl, and I don't want to lose her. You watch me change. I'm telling you, come on in. From this moment on, I'm not going to be a slob anymore. That's it, I'm going crazy. <laughs> I gave up smoking and now my hearing's gone bad. I thought I just heard you say you didn't want to be a slob anymore. That's what you heard and I'm not crazy. Come on, sit. Well, I'm not crazy. Since I stopped smoking, I've been getting very nervous and very hungry. Do you have any more food? I've got some rolls. Can I have them? Oscar, are you serious about wanting to change? I am going to change. Then take your sleeve out of the eggs. <laughs> You'll see. You'll love being neat. It's fun. We'll vacuum together. We'll dust together. I'll teach you to use glass wax. This'll be great. It'll be just like when I was a kid with my brother. They used to call us spick and span. Look, I'm gonna try and I don't expect miracles, all It's right? easy. You'll see. You'll love it. They were delicious. Do you have any more? Come on. Work. I'll buy us some chocolate cigarettes. Let's go. It's gonna be a great day for both of us. You're not going to smoke today, and I'm not going to be a slob anymore. You'll see. You can do it if you try. <laughs> so you noticed a mistake? Yep, I did. And I noticed how Penny Marshall covered for it. Yep. Go ahead, Punch you. Uh, so she says when, when Myrna comes in, and the first thing she hears is, I'm not going to be a slob anymore. She says, that's it. I'm going crazy. Like, I can't, can't believe what I just heard. And Oscar says, well, I forget the exact line. Oscar says, that's what you heard, and I'm not going And I'm not going crazy, right? right? When it shouldn't be, you're not going crazy. Yes. And then <laughs> uh, Penny Marshall, you know, very quickly and cleverly just says, well, I know I'm not going crazy. Right. Now, this is only the, f- Jack Clogan makes another mistake in this episode. Wow. Yeah. Well, as you pointed out, he he. Well, both he and Randall kind of flub a line every now and then. He does it uh, m- in a more, way that I, I re- yeah, Klugman's a little sloppier, you could say, mm-hmm. with the words. Um, I, in a way, I recognize that actors sometimes, you know, they get they're caught up totally in the emotion, but sometimes the words become interchangeable, <laughs> uh, so they don't even notice. And interesting that the obviously here they didn't care. They didn't like either they reshot it and that scene was worse or they just chose they or they didn't notice or they didn't reshoot it right 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 so but, well to, and penny marshall did cover for it so. a couple gags in the episode in the scene when felix comes home he puts on a viking helmet as phyllis and oscar leaving and that's yes, the gag very funny and then uh, yeah. but uh because yes the he's opera club 
and it's like a Wagner joke. Like that, that that's what they do in the opera club these days is uh, I guess they're preparing to do a Wagner opera like, uh, like the Valkyries. But um, I kind of like how Felix uh, is trying out a new catchphrase that what he's going to be using every time he enters this episode. Hi, gang. He's oh. going to say it again. Uh, and, but I aren't you surprised he came in when he came in because the whole point was he was supposed to be out for most of the night so that but he has a history of, back. He has a history of yeah, doing that. Yeah. Breaking in like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other visual in the scene is when Oscar says, I'm not going to be a slob anymore towards the end, he has his napkin still tucked into his pants. And <laughs> uh, Felix right. takes it out for him kind right, of right. like without him noticing it. Although Did you notice the, uh, surprise applause on the take your sleeve out of the eggs line <laughs> which is, is funny but someone in the audience really thought it was funny surprise applause you're describing i'm just saying like when he said are you really gonna change yeah we'll take your sleeve out of the eggs for yeah. starters which gets a laugh but there's someone in the audience like oh i didn't notice that no i did not <laughs> but i was gonna say the fact that he has his napkin tucked into his pants i think is a good sign Yes, but you should take it out. Uh, of course, it but still, it's it could be. It's also like sticking out of his fly. It's kind yeah. of like a bit right. ribald, as you said. So we have a new scene. We're an establishing shot of Oscar's office building. Felix walks in and says, hi, gang. I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. Oscar and Myrna say hi. Felix says, what, what, what? Look at this. And he walks towards Oscar's desk and we see mess everywhere on the floor. And his desk is piled high with garbage. Felix says, this is a new Oscar Madison. Oscar says, it was neat, but I had to look for something. Felix says, for what? Survivors? It looks as if the Red Cross is going to come in and serve donuts. I thought you wanted to change. Oscar says, I do, but I had to get some work done. I couldn't think about being neat. Felix goes, you have to think about being neat. Oscar says, yeah. Felix says, it should come naturally to you. Myrna, how did you quit smoking? Myrna says, I went to the Smokers Institute, but I haven't really quit yet. I'm still listed as a cheater. Felix says, what do they do? And Myrna says, oh, electric shocks. They wire us up and gave us cigarettes. And every time we went to take a puff, they shocked us. And she starts making this like jolting movements with her body, like she's being shocked. And while she's putting her hand to her mouth with a fake cigarette. Felix says, so that smoking became an unpleasant experience for you, right? Okay, so that leads us to our next clip with one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. Ah, which has no, there's no reason for this scene to exist. Like it really does nothing for the plot, really. They could have easily explained this scene away or not even had it, but. It's a it bit is, of a time filler. But, but it's, it's, yes. it's, a, it's fantastic. Right. All right. Good. I'm glad. So we're playing it, the whole thing. Yes, okay. playing the whole thing. That's what we'll do with you. <laughs> we'll get you. It's all wired up like clockwork orange. Then every time you do something messy, I'll give you a. <laughs> That way, you'll get cured and I'll have a lot of fun. You're a lunatic. It works for the smokers. They're professional people. They know what they're you doing. Just put your finger on it. What? You need professional help. Yeah, well, a neat freak with a cattle pride going zip, zip. It's not going to hurt. It can change your life. Believe me. You don't want to lose Phyllis, do you? Leave it to me. I'll set up an appointment. You'll see. Good morning. Oh, hello. Are you here to see Dr. Bates? He is. I'm Oscar Madison. I have an appointment. Right. Just five minutes. And you? I'm his friend. I'm normal. <laughs> I'm the lunatic. He wants to be more like me. How nice. Felix, I'm here. I'm not going to back out. You can go to work now. Now, when you talk to the doctor, level with him about everything. Don't hold anything back. Try to remember as much as you can about puberty. That's when the trouble usually starts. Mr. Madison. Yes. I'll be with you in just one moment. Uh, Alice, would you mind getting me another cup of coffee? The last one was too sweet. Too sweet? Well, but I gave you three sugars, just like you asked. 
Well, it was too sweet. It's always too sweet. Well, if you think so, why don't you get it yourself from now on? Because that's your job. I already have a job. I'm a doctor. See? I have a job. Well, I have a job, too. I have to type. Type? You call that typing? A monkey could type better than that. I'll show you what I think of your typing. Really? Well, I'll show you what I think of your diploma. You walk funny. You are bald. Mr. Madison, I'll see you now. <laughs> that psychiatrist scene. I always You're forget right. it's in this episode. Yeah, and I did too, right. But um, it is just fantastic. Because so it I- is just a kind of time killer to get to the next yes. sort of mental health the professional so of course that's richard stall a great richard stall the great richard stall playing the psychiatrist now i was shocked to find out who played the secretary now this will mean nothing to you but it meant a lot to me so her name was shirley mitchell she was a very active radio performer in the 40s i did not know although i hear it now that she played lucy's friend marion strong who was in about three episodes of I Love Lucy on I Love Lucy. And Marion Strong has a very distinct voice and laugh, oh. which I now hear listening to the episode now. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that's Marion Strong. I know, again, it means nothing to you, but. Well, I, I wouldn't say nothing. I did. I used to watch I Love Lucy. Do you know who Marion Strong is? But I can't remember that. Okay, guy. so that's nothing. Um, she did a lot of sitcoms in the 50s and 60s and various bit parts in the 70s and 80s. During the scene, there's some cuts to Felix and Oscar just <laughs> watching this, which just make it so much funnier to watch their right. expressions watching right. this scene. And the buildup that that's so it's it's paced so beautifully because by the time they're finished fighting and Richard Stahl goes back and says, I'll see you now, it you feel it coming that Oscar's like about to go in. It's Felix that says, No, 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 let's get out of here. And at that end, Stahl does this great movement after she calls him bald. He wants to say something else, but he takes a moment. He regains his composure. Mm. He does a slight ba- like a bow to her, like acknowledging kind of like, that this is <laughs> right. And this is, and then this is over. Well he rubs, he rubs his bald head. He's suddenly conscious of it. And goes to his office and then summons Oscar. And yeah. then the last part yeah. of the scene love- is where they leave. He has this, I mean, well, he's, it's like they came up with this bit, like you imagine just for him, right? Because he is so wry and so, so his dry uh you know deadpan kind of humor and like uh he kind of reminds me a little bit of a gene wilder in the scene where but gene wilder's shtick was often like you felt this thing under the surface but it did it finally does explode and here he just it just like never explodes and the way he just says i have a job and reaches for the diploma on the wall. Yeah. See, I'm a doctor. Yeah, uh, is it's so passive aggressive. Um, you can't even hear. See, I'm a doctor because the audience laughs so yeah, hard when he grabs so off the, the, when, when he, he grabs the, the diploma. diploma right. Yeah. Um, and she, the fact, I mean, it doesn't surprise me they cast a real pro as the secretary because they needed a battle of wits here. And uh, what's great is also, aside from the cuts to Felix and Oscar that you mentioned, this is just two, I timed it, there's two minutes between these two other characters who are only in this scene. That's very rare that we have like a whole bit that is devoted to two randos. Yeah, we talked about that. (laughs) Oh, right, in the the porn episode. episode, Although in that episode, Felix and Oscar were not even in the set. Here, they're at least there. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, Richard Stahl's almost one of the one of the gang yeah yeah he's been the priest he's been the bailiff or he's 
It's been, uh, and then the monk. I was about to say this is like maybe his funniest scene. I think this is his best. Yeah. Best. I, mean, I think the monk's episode is his best episode where he has the biggest character, but this is might just be his funniest second moment to moment scene. So we before new- we move on. Yes. So can I just say yes. before the psychiatrist? I just I love that there's a Clockwork Orange reference. Oh yes, I was gonna. I didn't know if I'd have. I, I didn't. I chose not to explain Clockwork. It's Orange. okay, yeah. But it's a 1971 know. film, so it's a great another great cultural reference point of the era. So now we have a new scene. We've establishing shot of fake 1049 Park Avenue. So what is that again? The, oh, I see. You mean the 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 pretend building that they live Felix- in. Looks is in Oscar's bedroom wearing his orange robe. Oscar is wearing his iconic gray sweatshirt and New York Mets baseball cap. He says to Oscar, how you doing, Buster Brown? And he gives him an attaboy punch to the arm. Felix says, I wouldn't be down on all psychologists just because of one nut. Why don't you go see another doctor? Oscar says, I just don't have confidence in them. Felix says, Oscar, when you fall off a horse, what do you do? The first thing you do is climb right back on. Oscar says, I'd rather go to a horse. Let's face it. I'm always going to be my same self slob. I can't help it. That is a mistake. I think he was supposed to say same slob self. All right. I didn't play the clip, but I'm just quoting it because I wasn't, I didn't, this wasn't necessary. Funny that they didn't even bother to tweak those in post, you know? Yeah. Um, Felix is now sitting on a chair and he pulls out a notebook and a pencil like a psychiatrist <laughs> and says, Oscar, tell me. And now Tony Randall pauses when he says that because the audience is laughing so hard. He pulls out a pad, right? A pad. Yeah. what I say? Yeah. It was like a, a note. Right. It's a pad, not a notebook. Uh, Felix says, when you were a kid, did you have an overprotective mother? Oscar says, no. Why did you? Felix says, oh, I could write a book. My mother made me wear a sweater to my wedding. Enough of that. Did you have a lot of friends as a kid? Oscar says, yeah, I was a pretty popular kid. What about you? He keeps putting it back on Felix. (laughs) Felix says, no, all the other kids were jealous of me. Can't blame them. I was the cutest, the smartest, and the kids hated me. Just once, I was a week late with my milk money, and the student court sentenced me to death. (laughs) Which is a ridiculous line, but I love how Tony Randall delivers it totally straight. It's water under the bridge, he says, as he wipes away a tear. Oscar says, what are you going to do with that pad? Felix says, I was trying to help you, but I can see your problem is too deep rooted. Oscar says, you're right. (laughs) Which is hilarious because all Felix has been talking about is himself. Right. Oscar (laughs) says, you're right. It is. It goes a long way back. I mean, Felix, I've been this way as long as I can remember. Used to drive my father crazy. And he says this as he opens a beer, which splatters all over the bed and his shirt. So now we get a flashback scene. The screen gets very wavy, like we saw before and they even referenced before and we see a young oscar we see a boy who's obviously young oscar in a very messy gray sweatshirt and a baseball cap with no team logo on it lying on his bed he's drinking an orange soda from a bottle which he spills on his sweatshirt while reading a magazine (laughs) now we know that this young oscar is played by jack klugman and brett summer's real life son adam Uh who was 10 and a half when this was filmed Now, he would play little Oscar again in the Fathers episode, which was mm-hmm. set in Prohibition, which is right. decades earlier than this scene. <laughs> yeah. This scene we know is the 1950s for a reason we'll discuss in a second. Um, he also was a bartender on Quincy and an assistant to the producers on the Jack Klugman, John Stamos sitcom You Again. You remember that? No, I don't remember that. It's like 1983 on NBC. Oh. 80 something early 80s today he's a media strategist for liberal politicians so we hear jack klugman's voice say oscar oscar where are you son and little oscar says in here pop so oscar's father opens the door or he tries to open the door and we get a full screenshot of the room and it's a mess the door hits a box which is blocking the door as Oscar Oscar's father opens it. It has a lot of junk in it. I think there's a drum sticking out of it. Now this Oscar's father has the same glasses as in the later episode of but right. But here he has a mustache, which he did not have in the prohibition Uh does not have in the prohibition episode. Now, the reason we know this is the 50s, or the reason I'm going to say this has to be the 50s, is we see some board games in the room, 
and they're real board games. One of them is called Safari. And that game did not come out till 1950. Hmm. So if we assume this is 1950, Oscar would actually be 28, not 10 and a half. <laughs> and you're saying he doesn't look like he's 28. Because Jack Klugman's, based on Jack oh. Klugman's real life birth date of Oh, but how old? Let's say he really was 10 in the year 1950. Then he Oscar would be 34, right? At this point in the series. Uh, yes, that's right. So you're is- saying... You're saying Jack Legman doesn't look like he's 34? Correct. Now, worse yet, there's a board game called McDonald's Farm. Mm-hmm. That didn't come out till 1965. Wow. So clearly, they're not focusing on this. Obviously, I don't yeah. expect them to. But as podcasters, that's what we're doing. This is our style of podcast. We pick apart these And things. people love it. They love it, Ted. Most of them, except for <laughs> one guy, I think, on Facebook. Um so it makes the set more anachronistic, but I don't think we're supposed to believe this is prohibition. I believe we're supposed to think yeah. it's well. Do you and, and now since you know more about these games than I do, do you you would say though that putting these? I mean, obviously it's supposed to be a different. It's supposed to be the past. So you're saying they strategically chose these games? No, because they're associated with the past. I think they wanted to not find 19 some... said not current for the 70s. Um, I think you're ha- what you're saying is half of what I'm saying. I think they found some old board games because Oscar, as a 10 year old boy, would have board games. I don't think right. they focused on when those board games were made. It just, but I'm curious, like they, what well, all they said is we need some old board games. Yeah. They just looked in storage and exactly the oldest they found. And or, it was all considered old enough. Right. They didn't, they probably didn't have contemporary. But those yeah. are not games that were current in the 70s or popular in the 70s. Uh, well, I can't say that they weren't popular in the 70s that i can't tell you i don't know how long safari and and the mcdonald's farm game i don't know if they were being sold in the 70s or not that i couldn't find or didn't look up so for young oscar to be 10 it would have to be 1932 based on jack clubman's real age so that makes the prohibition era episode actually a little more realistic which i didn't even realize until now although it makes sense but we still have a problem with felix's side of the family that's a for another day yes so Oscar's father, Oscar's father actually finally walks in. He's wearing a very spiffy suit with a handkerchief, and that leads to this scene. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. We have to have a talk, son. We just had a talk last week. Well, evidently it didn't help. You see, your mother and I put up with all this because well, we thought you would grow out of it. Oscar, you're a messy lad. That's just my style. Well, evidently this calls for drastic measures. If this room isn't spotlessly clean by tomorrow, I'm not going to place any more bets for you. I'm a terminal slob. I mean, if I can't be neat for my father, how am I going to be neat for Phyllis? Don't you see, now that you know what your problem is, you can deal with it. You see, early in life, you established this pattern of rebelling against your father by messing up your room with garbage. And that's what you're doing to this day, only with different garbage. See, that's where you're wrong. Most of this is the same garbage. So the big visual gag, well, there's a lot of visual gags, but because the whole set's a visual gag, but in the, after the end of the flashback, little Oscar takes out this big hoagie from under his sheets and eats it. And at the end of this clip, big Oscar takes out almost (laughs) the exact same hoagie from under the sheets and eats it. We're we're invited to consider the possibility that it could be the same hoagie. Because as Oscar says, it's a lot of, this is the same garbage. Yeah. Uh, so that's another scene that really doesn't need to be there, but they decided to take yeah. the time and money to do it. And well, again, I'm- maybe they needed some time fillers for to get to the big scene at the end. Um, uh, but they, you know, here's why it has to be there because they did the same bit all the way back in season one for Felix. Uh, in the one in season one where Felix uh, is. Uh, ends up remember it's one where he's worried that he's too neat and that's when uh, nancy he, he suddenly 
passes out and then wakes up sloppy and nancy has to treat him do you remember that one i don't it's sort of like role reversal which this whole thing is kind of but um anyway. oh, i do i know the episode yeah. he's sitting his right. undershirt on the couch yeah right right i forgot the five as part one. of that one though he says i've always been a neat freak and they flash back to him as a young boy with his grandfather also played who by- is not the same who is still tony randall as an old man but not quite the same character as yeah Grandpa Unger i remember this too yeah yeah and he says, that's the line where he says, you know, no one likes a dirty old man or a clean little boy. Yeah. Um, and it's like the same, they've kind of, they're, they're, they figure we, it's time to do one for Oscar. It's like the, just the mirror image of that whole episode. So we have a new scene. Felix walks into the living room from the bedroom area with a man we've not seen before who says, he sleeps in there? Felix says, yes. The man mm-hmm. says, I'll do it. No charge. I'll consider it a public service. We will learn his name is Ernie Ferguson. He's played by Alan Arbus. This is the first of his two odd couple appearances. He was the director in the Hollywood episode. That I forgot there. that he's in that too. Yeah, I, but I rem- totally remember him from this. I love him. He's played a lot of psychiatrists, although the, the list I'm going to name is, well, he's played a lot of psychiatrists. Notable roles include, he was in Robert Downey Sr.'s Greaser's Palace. He was the star of that movie. He was Julius Rosenberg in a TV movie about the Rosenbergs. He was in Scream Pretty Peggy, which is a TV movie with Betty Davis. He was in Raiden on Tevi, which is a fairly famous TV movie. He was in two episodes of Tony Randall's show. He was in Quincy, but he's most known, besides maybe for this, as Major Sidney Friedman in MASH as the psychiatrist. He was only in 12 episodes. Apparently, he was offered to be a regular and he turned it down, which is pretty amazing. But he is in the famous finale scene with the chicken. I don't know if you, I don't like MASH, but I've seen the MASH series finale. And the famous scene is when Hawkeye remembers that he unintentionally encouraged a woman to smother her own baby. And there's a scene where he's remembering that. And there's a chicken that replaces the baby for a few minutes. Do you remember this scene? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. It's a very famous scene from the MASH series finale. Now, he would have done MASH after Odd Couple. Uh, he right? Actually, he started MASH before Odd Couple. Oh, okay. Uh, but continued it over... He was in 12 episodes so over 10 years. So he did the psychiatrist quack character in MASH first. Yes, yes. And that's maybe... For a couple of episodes. Yes. Maybe that inspired this, yeah. Now, more, even more notable, which I didn't know, he was married to Diane Arbus, yeah. the famous photographer. That's where yeah. she got the name. Name, right. He was a photographer, too. They actually mm. had a business together. So he started acting after they divorced mm. and got into a second career. Interesting. Which is really interesting. His last credited role was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I remember that. Episode, his Uncle Nathan. I, when he came, when he showed up in that, I recognized him. I said, oh, my God, it's Alan Arbus. All right. So here's uh, what happens after they walk into the living room. That's wonderful. Has he ever been hypnotized before? Well, I don't know. Is that a problem? Not really. I'll... Oscar? Hey! I want you to meet a client of mine, Ernie Ferguson. This is Oscar right. Madison, great sports fan. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I read your column every day. Yeah? Yeah. That must be a tough job. No, I really like it. Yeah. Day after day after day. Yeah. And it shows, you know. You yeah? Look, yeah. You look tired. I do? <laughs> Your eyes look very heavy. Huh? Like there's a great weight on them. Huh? Like you can't keep them open. Huh? And your arms and shoulders are very heavy. And your legs are very heavy. Nothing in the world you want to do more than sleep. Sleep, Oscar. Sleep. Is he asleep, Ernie? Like a baby. Boy, you could make a fortune with this. <laughs> Oscar, can you hear me? You're relaxed. You're very comfortable. You'll do whatever I say. Now, I'll give him a suggestion so that you'll be able to trigger it at just the right moment. The right moment is Saturday night. Fun. Oscar, when you hear Felix say, uh, the fault lies not in our stars, but in ourselves. Shakespeare. All right. You'll no longer be the old Oscar Madison. You'll develop refined habits. You'll have a passion for cleanliness. Messiness will repel you. That's great. 
I bring him out of it? Easy, just snap your fingers. Wonderful, wonderful. Right, I'm going to wake you. Oscar, at the count of five, you'll awaken. You'll remember nothing. You'll feel very relaxed. You'll feel very comfortable. Very good. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I read your column every day. That's terrific. I like your style. Thank you. It's not too simple. It's not too florid. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oscar? Yeah? How do you feel? Wait, what? <laughs> Oscar? The fault lies not in our stars, but in ourselves. Shakespeare. Oscar? Flick your ashes on the rug. Are you kidding? Go ahead. Do it for me, a favor. You can't do it. It works. Call me when dinner's ready, will you? So in the scene, Oscar walks in with a, news- a newspaper under his arm and smoking a cigar. And when he's put in the trance, they remove those and sit him down on the couch. And then as they're counting to five, they stand him back up and put that back in. And so they pick up right where he left off. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar a- to when they did the, the hypnotism scene in Psychic Schmeichig. Uh When Bernie Capel puts Felix under, Felix under, <laughs> and um, where, where before he says like, oh, well, you know, it's... Uh, you're not going to be able to, I'm not, a, I forget the exact line, but you remember he snaps right out of it and he goes back to saying, see, you oh, can't hit Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a scene of Isle of Lucy where I feel like they may have taken this from where a little bit where when, when Ricky gets his movie offer, a, a talent agent comes over, but they think he's a burglar and they knock him out. And then they sit him back up on the couch and pretend they're talking to him when he wakes up. Uh, so that like he doesn't know anything he was out for anything it's so it's a slightly different but i feel like that was in their mind when they did this um so i guess we should say the fault lies not in the stars but in ourselves comes from julius caesar the full quote is the fault dear brutus is not in our stars but in ourselves that we are underlings julius caesar act one scene three line 140 to 141 oh ted bringing bringing the bard and according to what i found about this is he uh, uh he is julius caesar is in fact trying to persuade boot i'm sorry it's cassius cassius is trying to persuade brutus to stop caesar from becoming a monarch monarch an act he thinks is in the best interest of the country he's arguing that it is not fate but their weak position that is exploiting them to act against their will however history does not support the credibility of this persuasive sentence spoken by him i found that online i am not a shakespeare Ah, connoisseur. So, well, no, I, I, I have nothing to add. The most I probably know. It's funny. It's, it's one of, uh, uh, I, uh, I all that was where I learned that line. And then in later years, I studied Shakespeare a lot, and I directed Julius Caesar once. And I must say, every time watching it, that line came up somewhere in the. I'm going Shakespeare. (laughs) Did it hypnotize you when you heard it? Uh, you know, I don't remember. So we have a new scene. Felix and Miriam are in the living room. Felix is opening a bottle of wine. Can I just Miriam- say, by the way, yes. how great Alan Arbus is yes. in that scene? Sorry, yes, we just should acknowledge just that. Just for the record, yes. I mean, yes. the way he immediately puts him, like the very, right away, like, you look tired. Yeah, he's very good. And he is very memorable in that scene. And that scene is And Klugman's very, very funny. Yeah. The way he just goes, yeah. And Felix's giddiness at this happening. Yeah, which is great throughout this whole episode, how I love it's a running gag that Felix, of course, is like, you know is loving it that oscar he's lording it over oscar that oscar now needs to be neat like in the psychiatrist's office when he says i'm the normal one he wants to be more like me so now felix uh so miriam says this is very exciting felix do you remember what you're supposed to say felix says yes tonight you're going to see a new oscar madison miriam says i can't wait to see if it works oscar comes out into the living room and felix says Felix will be here soon and oscar says i know i know you don't have to remind me Miriam asks, what's the matter, Oscar? Oscar says, I feel I'm going to be uncomfortable. She's going to judge everything I do. Felix says, oh, don't worry, Oscar. Tonight, you're going to be perfect. And then the doorbell buzzes, and that leads to our final scene. Oh, there she is. Just one thing. Straighten your tie. Remember, 
The fault lies not in our stars, but in ourselves. Shakespeare. Right. scene during the snapping part of the scene when felix is snapping twice oscar back goes back and forth from shoveling down midget hot dogs into his mouth and then midget hot dogs and worrying about the napkins um at the end oscar throws a plate of salad on felix's shirt when he says he has to clean his shirt before running out the door to go after phyllis anything you want to say about the scene it's really i don't have it's just really great scene anything to say about it um uh, I do love the phrase midget hot dogs. Uh, yeah, it's like, this is just pure comedy. And it, I, it is, it's so good. I forgive 
the completely simplistic approach to hypnosis that he could just snap in and out of things that fast. And also that Os- hypnotized Oscar, like just suddenly knows all these things. Yeah, yeah I know. Like the poor from the right, not the left. <laughs> the left, not the right. Somewhere hiding in his subconscious, uh, uh, we assume. Um, but it is just as a mechanical physical comedy thing. So, so funny, the, the switching back and forth. It is like, this is like an I Love Lucy thing, you know, right? Uh, this feels like that kind of genre. Um, and when Felix, and finally when it's all over and it's been such a disaster, even then Felix is saying, well, look at him. How can I know, yeah. <laughs> Felix like, is the only one happy. <laughs> in the tag, Felix is in the living room holding his Viking hat. Oscar walks in and Felix asks how his lunch went. Oscar says, great. Felix, Felix and I, Phyllis and I laughed all the way through it. Felix says, oh, that's wonderful. Oscar says, where are you going? Felix says, to my opera club. And he puts on the hat. So this is, it's a Viking hat that has two big horns on it. Oscar says, you're going to go outside like that? Felix says, I told you the doorman love it. Oscar says, oh, come on. Felix says, how many really funny people are there in the building? Oscar puts his coat on the railing of the stairs. And Felix says, oh, come on. I thought we had made some progress. At least hang up your coat. And he hangs it on one of the horns of Oscar's hat and says, show that to your doorman. And the last shot is Felix turning around to Oscar with the, with the Viking hat, like disheveled on his head. And he looks confused, I guess, or. It's a kind of minimal tag, but it's just purely, they had to do something funny with that funny hat. Yeah. <laughs> so I give this episode four out of five Murray's. I really like it. As I said earlier, I I think there's multiple scenes that they didn't have to do, right? But they make it, they elevate the episode, the psychiatrist scene and the Oscar flashback. But of course, the big question is what happened to Phyllis? Because they make up in the end, <laughs> and yet, and yet, and even we though never she hear from her ever, was maybe the one uh, something else, I guess, got in the way, or right. he was just too sloppy for her. Perhaps we get, um, but we get no update on that ever. No, she never appears again. Um, which is big. Well, again, the show is not going to go there because aside from Miriam, there can be no steady or ongoing relationship. True. He does almost marry someone later. Right. They, but it's one, uh, like another one right, episode. One episode, but at least there's some closure to that that comes up later. Yes. Yeah. I think I know. Um, yeah. The episode with, uh, Dina Merrill. Yes, we're not. This this is not the era of sitcoms where we have you know like story arcs like with one you know someone dating someone over four or five episodes. Right, and even Miriam and Felix, we don't know they're dating. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to? Anything else oh, you have? To oh, um, what's well, your what's your score, and what would you like to say? Uh, I pretty much agree with you. Uh, across the board i i like it even more maybe four and a half the what keeps i guess what keeps it from being a five for me is that the hypnosis is just it's like such hollywood stereotype hypnosis not that i expect medical uh, <laughs> accuracy but but the whole the gag of the last scene depends on on the most you know simplistic dumbed down idea of hypnosis so a little demerit for that, but it is funny in the service of comedy. Um, you know, I was just reading how and uh, looking up some, what some of the writers say about some of the episodes that uh, I think it was Mark Rothman, what he credits Gary Marshall with the most is the, his, the way that Marshall would try to always build up to a big scene, how he would take the premise of the episode or even work backward as a way to feel that you're building up to a big scene. And that that's the thing they felt was lacking in the last episode uh, of the moonshining where the bit started strong with Oscar as cookie, the waiter. And then they, you said moonshiner. I think you meant moonlighter. <laughs> moonshine. Yeah. I think I've been drinking too much moonshine yeah. this morning. Moonlight. Um, yeah. Moonlighting. Um, and they didn't have a big scene. It didn't progress. And they, actually Rothman was suggesting later that, that what really should have happened is uh, Felix should have had to work at the counter somehow to make the money because that would have been even, you know, escalate the uh, hilarity. So I think that's totally what happens here is like, like they kind of work up to the dinner, to the dinner date. Um, but look, you got, you got the, that scene, you got a great Richard Stahl two minutes. Um, the flashback is, is a bit gimmicky, but um, is funny. And uh, 
a lot of laughs. Yep. All right. Well, if you have any feedback or comments or questions for us, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Garrett, you have a salad fork for that. Shakespeare. Shakespeare.